This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode number nine of the Peer Project podcast and welcome to the den once again. My name is Chris Duke. I am your host today and every other week that we do this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us again. Um, I'm here this week to speak to another really amazing guest and um, we'll get to her in a wee second but I do want to say a massive massive thank you to once again I do this every week but a massive thank you to everyone who has liked, who has subscribed, who has downloaded the podcast, who's listened to it, who's commented, who's just anything at all, who's interacted with us, thank you, because you are making this what it is. Last week's podcast with Kira from um, Sweet Bobby, the Sweet Bobby podcast, um, was the most downloaded and listened to and watched podcast that, um, that I've ever done ever and I'm very very proud of that so thank you for doing that and hopefully this week will be just as good um, all the links to support us as always are in the descriptions of however you are absorbing this podcast I do want to bring your attention particularly to our um, coffee link um, because bringing this podcast out there I'll be honest with you is a bit of a financial hit on myself um, I am paying for it out of my own money and um, a wee bit of support is always greatly appreciated. So I'll be posting that link in the description as well. So if you do want to support, please do. If you don't, you can still, you know, download and listen to the podcast and watch it and whatever. And that will generate support in the long run. Okay, so moving on to this week's guest. A bit of a, a, bit of a left field one, if I'm being honest with you. Um, sometimes what I do when I'm feeling particularly motivated is um, I'll jump on Twitter and I will start tweeting celebrities and try to see who will respond and see who will come on the podcast. And I tweeted this person because I knew that she'd been through a very similar journey to what I'd been through. And I thought, I wonder, I wonder if she'll actually come on and talk to me within two minutes of tweeting her she'd followed me on twitter and told me exactly who to speak to about getting this organized and that's exactly what i've done and now i've got her on the podcast so i want you to relax i want you to enjoy this week's podcast with from emmerdale from you've been famed i love the one she did you've been famed um she plays mandy dingle it is lisa riley uh on the peer project podcast episode number nine How are you? I'm really good. We're, we're so busy. We're, we're filming for the 50th at the moment. Oh um, yeah, so it's going to... Normally, they have Super Soap Week in September where all the soaps kind of go up against each other Yeah, uh, for, like, the biggest stunt. But because ours is the 50th, we're doing Soap Month. And, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's, it's nice. truly, yeah. But it means long hours. And I was doing press as well this morning. So yeah, so all good. So I'm glad this was able to fit in. So I was going to yeah. say, so you were doing press this morning and then you voluntarily offered to do this. I mean, that's, yeah. that's something else. Ah, uh, well, no, cause I, I, I was listening to you and Lorraine. It was brilliant. I love Lorraine. She's, she's one of life's luxuries, that lady. Oh, she, she is, yeah. You know, and 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 I know she means a lot to you. So for that very reason, I think that's a good sandwich to start with. Uh, well, funnily enough, you should mention Lorraine, right? Because, and I was, I was actually going to ask you about this later, but you've brought her up, so I might as well talk about it just now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were on her show last year, um, and you were very very vocal about your mental health and stuff on on that because uh, you were you were about to go and work on a podcast about about grief. Yes, um, yeah, Sue Ryder, yeah. 
Yeah, the Sue Ryder podcast. Yeah. Um, so how was it? Obviously, you know Lorraine quite well. You probably know Lorraine better than I do. Um, <laughs> how was it chatting to her and kind of the aftermath after that about being so open? Because you, you got quite upset on TV that day, didn't you? Yeah, I normally do. I did it this morning because um, one of the questions was was uh, that I, did, I was doing an interview for the Daily Mirror and they said, like, how would your mum feel? You know, the fact that after all these years, you've, you know, you've made it to the milestone of Emmerdale being 50 and how proud she would be. And of course, anything like that, there's can be a trigger. And it's not just females being hormonal or anything like that. You know, it's it's how we feel inside. But with Lorraine, she has this this ability where she's she kind of give you, gives you a virtual hug without touching you. Mm-hmm. And she makes you feel so settled and so um she, she just oozes trust and, and honesty and, and I think that's lovely and that's why she's lasted in this <clears throat> brutal career industry that we, we we work in you know so long because people are invested in her because they trust her and they believe her and for everything she stands for and do you know what if she doesn't like something she'll let you know she tells you it's not like oh you know oh this is wonderful this is wonderful life's not like that it's not always so frothy and sunflowers life's mm. not like that and I think the problem is nowadays, Chris, is that especially with social media, you know, when when people are, are you know are flicking through social media and they see people like myself, like Lorraine in the public eye, um, life's not bliss and you know fairy dust and all. It's not. So on days when you feel, let's say, shitty, yeah, we can say that. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, you know, let's just let's just own it. I can't bear people in life who don't own it and you ask anybody at work um it's a case where you've got to be you you've got to be real um like when I'm on set and stuff playing Mandy Dingle all day I've got to be high-end top-end comedy and you know and and full of beans all the time but there's some days inside yes I do press the bravado button. I know I do. Um, And I know you've done that. I've I've heard, you know, you say yourself. And just to get through days, it's a mechanism. And maybe people would say I'm acting through the day, possibly, because that is my job. Fundamentally, I'm an actress, you know. Um, But, yeah, you you press that button. And no matter what's going on inside, um, however your mental health is and how you're feeling. And for me, some days I just... I'm just devastated that my mum's not with me. I've still got to go and film sometimes nine scenes in Mandy's salon, which is full of leopard print and, and pink, you know, and 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 be this camp soap star. And that's yeah. what I do. And, um, there's there's a re- there was a lot of reasons why I want. I specifically went and asked for you to come on here, and one of them is um, because you and I have actually been on a, a pretty similar journey. Um, in terms of, and again, if anything, if I bring anything up here that you don't want to chat about, that's fine. I'll, I'll yeah. get no issues, right? But um, as uh, as weight, yeah, now, I used to be very, very overweight. I was um, I was twenty five stone at one point in my life. And You've done amazing. Look at you. Good for you. I've, yeah, just like you. Like I, I, yeah. I worked really hard, and I it's possible. Yeah. I put I put my weight journey in in line with my mental health journey because when I was at my my heaviest I would say that's when my mental health was was at its worst yeah. um and then I as my weight that. got lighter my mental health my mental weight got lighter mm-hmm. um was that the same for you yeah well can I ask you for answer before I answer that yeah. were you through your weight and your bigger size were you drinking a hell of a lot as well uh yeah uh, right. Oh, say. So now we've got our parallels. Yeah. So yeah, when people say, "Do you go to the freezer because you're feeling depressed and get a huge tub of Ben and Jerry's and devour it yourself, and get a bottle of Malbec and polish the bottle of wine off?" I'll go tick tick. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, of course. I didn't know it, Chris, at the time. I didn't know it. I I've got to be honest. You know, I'm here now, 46. I've had a phenomenal career. I've always been worked very hard. I've been very ambitious in what I wanted. So from being sort of, you know, at drama school uh, from nine years old, when I wasn't, let's just say, the fat girl, I was the chubby girl. Mm-hmm. Then. 
I that I just fit in. That's who I was. It was never a hindrance for my career. You know, for God's sake, I was in Fat Friends for, for five years. You know, I, uh, that's why I got the role. And nowadays, it seems an offence to use the word fat. Well, you wouldn't find a show now called Fat Friends. It'd be, no. be classed as offensive, yeah. you know. But let's be honest, it was set round a slimming club, you know, about fat people. So that's why the show worked. So, yes, I was getting all the roles I wanted. I hosted You've Been Framed. I was like the bubbly Saturday night girl who, you know, made everyone feel happy and, and jolly. And that that is my personality. I'm like this all the time. I'm very full of beans, as they say. Um, so I didn't ever think that my, my weight was ever a hindrance. And it certainly was never a hindrance career-wise. Mm-hmm. But what I was doing was I was partying hard and I was drinking a lot. And then as years went by and which I've spoken openly about with my mum when mum got her first diagnosis of cancer yes my my drinking went up and of course with drinking what comes with drinking munching you know three o'clock in the morning after you know a hell of a lot of wine the Warburton's comes out the Lurpak comes out you're swimming in Lurpak it's that thick you know and then two crumpets because you want to as well you know all that sort of that's the domino effect yeah and you get bigger and I got bigger and bigger. But again, it never affected my, my work. Then I got Strictly, okay? And when I got Strictly from dancing, I just lost mum. I was at the worst point of my life. But my mum had just literally died. And she said to me, she said, darling, go on that dance floor and just be you. That's all you have to do. Just be you. Don't worry about the dancing. You know you've got rhythm. You know you're a little bit funky right? You've been dancing at school, at drama school, just be you. Me and Robin would train day in, day out. And we'd go back to the hotel and we'd have a bottle of wine. We'd have a glass of wine with with, with dinner and stuff. And again, it was my sleeping mechanism. I wasn't taking Valium. I wasn't taking Cetraline, you know, Siroxa, all that. The doctors offered it me. I didn't take it, right? It didn't work. I didn't want to be that person. But God almighty, Chris, did the Molbeck help. It really helped because I would sleep. And the process carried on. And day in, day out, doing Strictly, you don't realise through the volume of cardio that I was doing that I'd never, ever done in my life before. You know, looking back, I was probably doing at least four hours solid of cardio a day. You know, and you're shimmying. But because me and Robin were having such fun in practice, you know, you don't. it's not like going, oh, God, let's go and do, you know, a a body fit class. Is that motivation? We were just having fun. And I slowly was going for my fitting week after week for my Strictly dresses. And they were coming in in inches, right? But I was still consuming food in exactly the same mammoth way I was and had been doing. I was still drinking, but again, the cardio, and I was losing weight. And and I thought, maybe, okay, maybe something deep down um, that I've ignored all my life um, is the fact that, yeah, eat less, move more. Is there some bloody truth in this? And strictly prove that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't what you say a chore going, oh, I've got to go and do a three-week boot camp in, in order of losing a stone. It was just having fun on Strictly Come Dancing week after yeah. week after week. And I got all the way to the end. And I was getting smaller and smaller. And that's, I think, what kicked off when I hate people go, oh, so Lisa, what was your light bulb moment <laughs> when you asked away? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So mine was my light bulb was my strictly experience, I suppose, because I, I saw it was completely doable. Um, but again, I at one point I just said, Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop drinking. I'm gonna do it for I'm gonna do it for a month. And it wasn't one of these, you know, these like stoptobers, because I'm you know me, I'm not a sheep, I don't follow suit, I do everything for myself, right? So I just decided to stop drinking. And I did, and I did a month, and it became like this little game with me. I was like, mm-hmm. well, okay. And then the following month that I was going into, I was like, no, I've got a family christening, I'll have a drink. But I didn't. And it was other people, Chris, that were like, wow, you know, and it's like, if you've got through a Riley family Christmas without having a drink, you've kind of ticked the box, you know. Um, And then all of a sudden, it really started to show and my shape. And then, yes, I went on this serious crash diet. Um, And, you know, I was eating very little and you get obsessed with the way you look. And you'll be, can you understand that? Yeah. When you start drinking, 
Yep. When it is that reflection moment when you're looking in the mirror and we've all made excuses in the past and gone, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a mirror that's like makes you look like something from Blackpool Tower. No, 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 you just you just overweight. Um and yeah, I got I got I got obsessed with it. I did. And then everyone kind of again with social media jumped on my bandwagon, as it were, and it was like, wow, it's it, it's it's doable. Mm. And yes, I felt amazing. Um, and now I've found what I feel is my comfy weight. Playing Mandy, I've gone a bit more curvy and we can, you know, we can make her look um, with different layers of clothes and make her look, you know, more curvy and more sexy. That's Mandy Dingle and I want her to be that way. And I'm not as neurotic as I used to be. Like I used to literally grimace at a packet of crisps and grimace at a, a donut. I'm not like that anymore. I'm a lot more, you know, I'm a lot more lenient with myself because I know I'm healthy and I know I will be one of those people forever in life mm -hmm. that will fluctuate up and down. Um, what I don't like is how in the media that I'm, I'm put on this pedestal and like, like everyone's watching me like an owl, you know, because I don't want to be, I just want to live my life to the best of my ability where I feel great. I feel brilliant. You know, I was, I was at Leeds pride yesterday with all my friends and I was in, you know, a rainbow cat suit, you know, and everyone's like, you look oh. amazing. You look amazing. You look fantastic. Well, do you know what? I felt fantastic. And if you feel it, mm -hmm then everyone can then see you shine, everyone sees you radiate. And that, to me, is all that matters in life. You have no idea how similar our journeys are. I mean, honestly, your your story, what you're telling right now, you're <laughs> telling my story as well. Uh, um, how did, obviously, how did lockdown affect you weight-wise and, and alcohol-wise? Did, did you have any issues there? No. I mean, 19th of August, I'll be seven years without a drop. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm really proud of that. Wait, I 19th of August. Yeah, yeah, coming up. I uh, right, all right. This is this is getting freaky now. Go on. <laughs> are we are we brother and sister? <laughs> 19th of August this year, I will be one year sober. <laughs> oh my god, we share our summer birthday. Yeah. That's well, I like that's good energy. See, this that's, was meant to happen. This was meant to happen. But yeah. well, I mean, well, obviously, maybe not um, uh, alcohol wise, then, but did lockdown affect you food wise or weight wise at all? Food wise, not so much. It yeah. was uh, gym availability. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. yeah, yeah, that, that obviously, because I have to be strict with myself. You know, I'm not the sort of person that can literally sit down and watch seven episodes of Stranger Things back to back. Right, because that—that's not me. I, I don't have. I'm not that person. I can watch one episode, then I've got to get doing. Um, of course, I was filming full on, um, and it was very stressful at work under the the protocol that we were under. You know, um, we weren't we weren't taught, Chris, at drama school how to act with dolls. You know, and stand like two meters away when your son's being beaten up in the storyline and I can't touch him and I can't cuddle him. It was really weird, you know, yeah. um, things like passing a prop um, that would take 30 seconds in a shot previously would take 25 minutes because we would have to do it hand by hand to no one's hand to someone else. I mean, it was looking back, it was <laughs> Ludicrous. Ridiculous, eh? On every level. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have to really like pat myself on the back sometimes to think what we went through and the volume of Dettol on the Dingle staircase. You know, how that thing has still got wood. It's, you know, it's, it's a mystery. Um, but yeah, that, that part of it was okay. You know, I'd go to work and like every day, I'd just have my soup like I would every day before lockdown. Um, come home and make my dinner here for me and Al. Um, but yeah, I think it was the fact that you found yourself sitting more and I did, you know, so I'd come back from work, I'd start looking at my lines and your momentum had gone because I think everybody had that. I think it was just natural that you can only sit back now and look at yourself the bigger picture, the let's say lacklustered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was probably lacklustered towards the fact of doability of movement. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got a treadmill now at my house, so I've got no excuse. <laughs> so I, I can watch Stranger Things for, for an hour mm -hmm. whilst whilst on the treadmill. <laughs>
I want to, you mentioned something earlier that I want to um, talk about as well. You mentioned um, alcohol was your sleeping, what was it, sleeping mechanism, sleeping support? Yeah, 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 yeah complete. On, on, on every, I, I literally, I couldn't sleep without it. Yeah. Well, so, so you tell yourself. Well, yeah. this is, the, again, this is yeah. the, the parallel that we're talking about here because before lockdown, I had a, I had a pretty busy life before lockdown. I'd written a book and it had, it had gotten quite successful and I was touring the country and it was... I was very humbly did very well. I was, <laughs> it did very well. I was, I was really, really busy. Yeah. Right? All right. It was a number one bestseller. Let's there you go. There. Come on. You can have it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well. <laughs> and, and I was. I was very, very busy. So I'd be... I'd be on the road and, I, and I'd be visiting schools and I'd be doing, you know, I'd be pub- publicising about. And then at the end of the day, I would get the get to the hotel, and I would go to the pub, a couple of pints, to start. And I'd be all right. Okay, I'm getting tired now. This is me winding down for the day, and I would go to bed. That would end up becoming, you know, two pints wouldn't do it because. You know, I'd be getting used to that three pints, four pints. Mm-hmm. Um, my wake up call, my light bulb moment, if you want to call it that, <laughs> was um, one night I was sitting in the house. I hadn't even had a busy day. It was in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. And I drank 19 bottles of beer um, to get to sleep that night. Um, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. And, and it, again, I just, when you were talking about the fact that alcohol did that, um, helped you and obviously that same thing there for me how do you how do you cope now like how do you get to sleep now like is there because i'm yeah chris i'm tired i am do you know what i mean i'm i'm genuinely um it's that it's that level of your day um i'm not the sort of person like say say for example if i've done if i've done film if i've done monday tuesday Wednesday, thursday friday full days heavily in storyline you'd think on a saturday i'd want to you know lay in bed and watch saturday kitchen right Mm. yes i do but then i get itchy feet and i've got to be out and i like to i like to be doing all the time if that's the case of you know going to see my family um over in manchester i'm in obviously i'm in yorkshire now um then i'll do that Mm. um i i never have empty time that's what i've i've learned a big lesson in my life that I never, ever, ever have any form of empty life. And people say, like, you know, when I come home from work, if I'm if I'm he- if I'm here and let's say like I'll move half if he's working away, are you lonely? I was like, I don't have time to be lonely, you know. And I know my friends, and they've said this is like, I'm surprised that didn't trigger your drinking again. I said, What do you mean? They said, Oh, well, a lot of people, you know, if they come home and they finish work, they've had a busy day. They'll open a bottle of wine because, it, it, you know, again, comfort blanket, go to sleep. They'll they'll have a bottle of wine because, you know, they're lonely. I said, I, I, I couldn't be less lonely if I tried, you know. And I, I think it's fundamentally, Chris, the fact that I really like my shoes that I'm walking in. You know, I like this person. I like this person who's not fake, who's not phony, who can literally lay sober in my bed, on my pillow, every night, knowing that I go to work, I do my job to the best of my ability, I still really care. You know, I work so hard. I love my job. I love the people I work with. And I never want to be the person that ever throws life away anymore. Because let's be honest here, right? My mum was 58 years old when she died of secondary breast cancer. Then went to, she honoured the death certificate, it's pancreatic cancer, but it, I think, you know, it's breast cancer. Mm-hmm. My nana she had cancer and we've now found out that my great nana had breast cancer right so we let because i'm me i make a joke of it and i say look my levi's jeans my gene pool is not very good right so i've got to live with this energy ball forever you know and if that means when i'm at work at six in the morning and i'm like this you know spinning catherine wheel firecracker then so be it because i'm so content in who i am and and it is that feeling of, I don't have sluggish in my life. Um, let's take pride again. Like I said, I was at pride yesterday. You know, the old me would have been there. We, we got on the bus at 2 p.m., right? The old me would have been there till one in the morning, right? Literally on the Jaegers, woo, woo, you know. I had the bestest day yesterday with all my colleagues from work, you know, supporting LGBTQ, which I adore, and I support all my friends, Right. But I was on my couch at quarter past six, right, watching the Commonwealth Games. And I felt great. And then, you know, yes, I've had a really busy day today, but 
I'm, I'm free of any angst. I'm free of anything that, that would bog me down. Food, you know, feeling sluggish, alcohol, you know, all those worry. I, life's too short to worry, you know, and, and it's all, it's all well and good going, you're very optimistic, Lise, you're very positive. It's like, well, I am. And then when people literally, people have met me at work and say they come into the show for only four weeks, they go, you really are like this, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because there's so many people in the public eye, I feel, painting this picture, Chris, on social media. And it just, it, it drives me bonkers. It drives me, this is my only worry, I think, in life, that Life isn't perfect, mm -hmm. right? And stop painting this picture of, 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 of spotless perfection, you know? It's all right for mums to have a skinny nappy on the floor if you've got kids. It's all right, you know? It's, it's okay to not have a tidy cupboard. It's all right, you know? And, and so when you go forward in life and you look at on these things on, on social media, it makes people think, oh, am I, am I, am I not perfect? Because perfect doesn't exist. It's like when people see me in the supermarket, they go, what are you doing here? It's like, well, yeah. you know, do you know what? I'm, I'm just like you. I'm buying my sprouts, mm -hmm. you know, as if I've got like 13 staff buying all my food for me. I'm not, you know, I was on, I was on a, a plane recently going, going over to Slovenia and I was, and, the, and he, this guy looked at me, he's like, why, why are you sat next to me? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to Slovenia. He's like, yeah, but you sat next to me. I was like, and? He said, well, do you not have a private chair? I said, what? <laughs> a private? Since well, when, when am I going home? You know, yes. and, and I just call my jet up. No. And, and I think now you can, you can show people the real you. Mm -hmm. you know, and thanks to things like however you portray yourself, honestly, on, on your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever that may be, on podcasts, talking to you, it, it opens the doors for people to go, do you know what? I'm exactly the same as you. It's mm -hmm. just that, yes, I appreciate six times a week, every week, I'm in your house, you know, playing this part that, that you love, you know, but I, I feel down, I feel miserable, I feel pain, I feel grief terribly. You know, I still have to support my dad through his pain and grief when I feel really shitty. Um, and I still have to be the strong one because I always have to remember how much I remind dad of mum. And that sometimes can be a bad thing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and the, the brain can run away with you sometimes. You know this. 
and 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 it can it can take you to a place of going oh maybe I shouldn't go and see my dad at the moment because he seems like he's in a bad mindset you know because I'm so like her and am I, am I bringing back memories for the good or for the bad mm-hmm. You've got to think of, of other, th- other things like that. And when I, when you mentioned the grief the grief podcast I did, you know, I speak openly about my brother, who I love more than life itself. But my brother, honestly, is a closed book. Like, you wouldn't know whether he was happy, medium, or sad. You know? You have to dig so deep. You have to really prize him open. Or just sometimes just be silent and wait for him to pick up the phone and say... I'm really missing mum today, you know, and it's, we're all different. And that's, that's why we, we should keep talking like we're doing today because it makes it accessible for people to realize that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all in the same boat. I do have, I, I do want to ask you about um, grief. Um, yeah. And the reason <laughs> I've got this weird thing that I do when I ask questions, you'll probably find this if you've listened to any other podcasts is, and I told this to my wife, I ask the question and then I give you the reason why I'm asking the question and then I ask the question again. For some reason, this is this is my method. That's your but, USP, babe. That's your USP. <laughs> but um so we as a family, we have just recently experienced loss. Uh my wife lost her dad uh back in Jan- January, which means my children um have lost their grandfather, the first kind of first death that they've had to deal with mm-hmm. and if I'm being honest it is it's been really 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 hard yeah. um and you're now 10 years removed 10 years this year yeah 10 yeah. 10 years removed yeah. from from losing your mum yeah um does it do I say does it get any easier and well I, this was one of the things I put on my my Instagram funnily enough and um I don't know if you saw this, but I, I did say it's 10 years today. People tell me it's going to get easier. I'm yet to know this. Um, for me personally, no. Like, like I'm feeling it now because you said that. No, it's uh, this moment. I just I just want to phone her. Like, look, I'm just like, I just want to say, do you know what, Mum? I've had a really great day today at work, you know, and, and it's agony. And it's also agony that that like I see people that don't have with their mums what I had, you know, I see people committing the worst crimes in the world. And I go, come on, God, why did you take my mum? My mum was frigging phenomenal. You know, she was the life and soul of everything, you know, and you do. And I constantly, I do have these moments and I don't know if you're having it now as a family, but you kind of go, kind of go, why me? Why me? And, and and if that sounds selfish, I used to really worry about sounding selfish about that, but I don't anymore. That's one thing that through my grief counselling, I found out was okay. It was okay to feel that. Um, and it was okay to feel that when I was at work and, and, and if I was talking about mum, I'd go back to my dressing room and I'd get changed into different costume for, for work. And for that 10 minutes where I'm doing my quick change, Chris, I'd be going... Oh God! Oh God! Are they thinking? Are they thinking I should be over it now? Are they thinking that I should be fine and dandy and gleaming and full, you know, full, full of happiness? And because it's so many years now, and life, life goes on. Because I don't, mm-hmm. and I didn't, and so I don't want to fill you with a load of like negative pain. Because again, grief hits people differently, whoever they are, and whatever their relationship was with that certain family member or best friend, whatever it may be, or a pet. You know, I, I've oh. seen people. I've seen people. I've seen people like like they've had to have like three months off work because their their puppy died. You mm-hmm. know, that's a, it's completely understandable. I get it. I get it. But no, the answer is no. Um, I I I don't deal with 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 my grief very very well. I don't, and and I wish I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could grow to get stronger. I wish I could. You know, when I smell Chanel perfume and 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 I wish that I wouldn't just start, you know, start crying when I'm in I'm in the department store because I can smell her. You know, when I see the colour yellow and it's like my mum, this bright sunshine, I get this like not, I get a feeling, I get emotional. I'm a i am I am a very, you know, I'm a person who wears the hat on the sleeve, you know. Yeah. Um and I feel I feel it. I feel pain off other people. And and that's why 
I think also a lot, a lot of others feel at ease talking to me. Like mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I'm, I'm there. You know, I said, God gave me broad shoulders for a reason because I, I really help and I listen to people and I try and give them the best advice that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a load of old tosh, but they say it helps them. <laughs> But you, but you say there that you I mean you you spent the whole like a good ten minutes of this podcast talking about how it's okay to feel this, it's okay to do that, and then you you're you're saying you know you um you're you wish you were stronger, so you didn't feel like that. But it's yeah. okay to feel like that. You'd say that I yourself. Know. It's do you know it's like it's like this dangling carrot that you feel like you've got to grab, and then all of a sudden that particular Tuesday you wake up and you go, I don't feel this pain, I don't feel this anguish anymore. But I'm pushing that carrot away because I, I can't help it. And I've just got to, like like I started this podcast about owning it. I am owning it. I'm owning the fact that I'm allowed to have those feelings and I'm allowed to let other people understand. Um, I mean, it's been in the press quite a lot this past um, this past month. Um, my other half, my fiancé, he lost his mum to, to the, with the battle of cancer. And, and I openly said that, I did go back to work too soon. What I meant and what it got kind of twisted in the press that was work were mind blowing. They gave me leave. They said, you know, you take as much time as you want. They wrote me out. They were, I, I, could, I couldn't have asked for better bosses with that, mm-hmm. where that's concerned. And my fellow cast members, the colleagues who were there when I was bawling my eyes out and then I had to go and stick the lashes on as Mandy and be happy and funny. What it was, was it was the three days when I said I went back too soon. It was the three days between her passing and then the funeral on the Friday. I shouldn't have gone back. I thought I was strong enough and I wasn't because it all, it came, it came, it brought it all back. The, the, the pain even more about my mum and, and the dreaded word cancer, you know, and seeing someone at the end suffering, you know, when someone is in palliative care you know, and it's it, it shouldn't feel like that ticking time bomb and you don't want them to suffer, mm-hmm. you know. And that all came flooding back. So, yeah, I had to be there for my Al. I had to support him and, you know, be the best partner that I could possibly be um, and, and the other members of the family and stuff like that and, and, and do my bit um, to the best of my ability. But, yeah, um, to, to go back to work that quickly was silly um, and then after the funeral, they then gave me a lovely clump of time off. And I was so, so, so grateful. Um, but yeah, I mean, my nearest and dearest at work, they they do know. They know, you know, when when my, what should we say, when my glass is only half full of a day. You know, <clears throat> normally it's brimming over, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's days when I don't want to be silly and daft, you know. It's, it's, it's rare, but yeah. Is it hard? Is it hard then to switch on, Mandy, when you... When you're feeling like that, yeah. What I what I tend to do is, and and it's it's not the fact that I'm being all like method, right? But I do, um, and and a fellow brilliant actress that I'm currently working with, who I simply adore. She we've, we've been sharing dress room a lot recently, and she she's been there for me. Like when Al's mum died, and and she's been there for me as a really good friend because we're working so closely together. And she just said to me over a cup of tea the other day. It's about four days ago, and she said the second you walk in the building, you're Lisa, and I see you and you're you and you, I've got upset. She said, the second you put the costume on and the lashes and the wig goes on, she says, you just dive literally into Mandyland. And then literally once it all goes back on the rail at half past six at night, I'm back. And and I do, and I and it's it's all a bit it's all a bit busy and mayhem, and I keep the ball in the air. It's like you wouldn't go and watch Wimbledon if the ball was on the floor. So when I'm, that's the way I look at my my job. I have to keep Mandy's ball completely in the air whilst I'm there, and I have to put a lid on how I'm feeling, you know. And do you know what? She's 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 a great, she's a great free medication, you know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not you know. <laughs> I'm not charging the NHS anything for, for playing Mandy Dingle or any therapy. She's a she, she's a she's a great deterrent. She truly is. Yeah. That's fab. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about something. This is purely um, for for my benefit because when I was when I was little, actually, I need to ask you this. How old are you again? Forty six in July. Just forty six. Yeah. Right. So you're not that much older than me. You're you're about seven years older than me. So I don't. 
understand how that so when I was younger, yeah, I Sunday night before going to school, um, you know, you've been framed, you've been framed. and yeah. you know, that's how you knew that that's <laughs> how you knew, yeah, that's how you knew <laughs> that was your week, and you know, it was bath night, you know, going to you've been framed was and probably still is to an extent one of my favorite programs ever, yeah, I loved it when Beedle did it, yeah, um. I adored it when you did it. Oh, Harry <laughs> Hill, you know, I, I, I could give or take. I, I'd get the big collar. Um, <laughs> how it seemed like a bit of a, a, a left field choice coming to get for you to be doing You've Been From. How did that come about? And, you know, and how much did you enjoy that job? Um, yeah, well, the reason, going back to what you said then about, about the age thing, I think people forget how young I was. You know, I, I was I was unbelievably young to be, you know, presenting one of the biggest shows on Saturday and Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think basically um, it was it was a, a sort of parallel time where Scylla Black was was really really big, and she was the kind of northern. You know, <clears throat> everyone loved her, and I think what the producers saw, and I now know this, um, so much older and so much wiser is that they saw um, within me that kind of wholesome, buxom, you know, Scylla-esque, northern, not afraid to be who I am sort of girl. And they wanted to fill that slot, you know, and that's what they got. Um, and I look back now and, oh, my God, the stuff they dressed me in, Jesus. You know, <laughs> I, I, look, I look like an overgrown Christmas tree some days. It was just like, it was horrendous. We never got the styling right, ever. But I'll, 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 I'll forgive myself for saying yes to everything back then. You know, again, you, you learn as you get older. Um, but, yeah, th- that all happened very, very fast. Um, at that point, I've been in Emmerdale seven years. Um, we tried to make it work where it would run parallel with me filming Emmerdale and then the schedule was too big. And then after Beadle, my, my figures went off the chart. You know, you, mm. you think you think now what the flagship shows get. I was getting, you know, I was getting 11 and a half million on a Saturday night. It's insanity. And and back then there weren't many females on, yeah. on the weekend, you know. So it, it just kind of went from strength to strength. And then... We started um, doing the the daytime show as well at five o'clock. We filled that gap when 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 the, the, the CITV stuff went, and there was lots of it. So I I was just being myself. That that was it. And I think the writers would just make me this like kind of jolly, happy go lucky girl. Um, and and I thought, well, I'll have a stab at being a presenter. Now I, I will say, Jesus, you know. I was never the best presenter in the world and, and I had a lot of learning to do. That that's 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 the truth, and I know that now. Um I've since done loads more presenting and, and now it's a lot more natural to me and I can do live. And God, I remember the first time I ever did live, it was oh my lord, it was it was treacherous, right? You know, but again, you've got you've got to you've got to scuff your knee and put the plaster on to get better in life. And and I've openly said that about myself, you know. It, it, even now, if I don't learn every day at work, I've not had a good day. Day. you've got you've got to keep learning in this in this industry um but yeah I, I, I loved it I had a, I had a ball and you know I've, I've I've always had that wonderful again ITV I've had that wonderful relationship with ITV they've always you know been very generous to me f- mm-hmm. f- throughout all my career um but yeah I think after after five five years on on the show I'd you know I'd kind of done my bit and and yeah, looking back, as I said before, like, you know, that sisterhood thing, doing it for the girls, it, it was a rarity, you know. And then, of course, I got replaced by a bloke. Um, it was that, you've missed someone out. You missed out um, Thingy, uh, Robbie Williams' best mate. He did it. Oh, uh, Jonathan. Uh, Johnny Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah, Jonathan Wilkes. He did it for a year. Yeah. Um, he he did it. So, yeah, it was, they were probably just trying. And then, do you know what I always used to say about the show? Because it was enormous in America. And in the American show that ran for years and years, they never had a host. It was just the clips with a narrator. Mm-hmm. So when Harry Hill took over it as a voiceover, I think that's when they got it right. Because you didn't need the glossy studio. You didn't need someone going, oh, coming up next. Yes, oh, oh, where's the swings and the slides? Let's have a look. <laughs> you know, you didn't need me doing that as in a Christmas tree outfit. Mm. You know, you just needed me in a studio booth going, okay, whoops, here comes the banana. You know, that's all you needed on it as a yeah. voiceover. But um 
yeah, I still watch the show and I love it. And it's really weird for my my gorgeous middle nephew, Joshua. He's hilarious because he's watched it for years and he's like, really? That's your show? And I was like, yes, darling. And he's watched it in the American, he watches it on YouTube mm-hmm. over and over. And it's obviously, well, he wasn't born, you know, so he now watches the reruns on on, on YouTube with me and he, he still can't get his head around it. That, that you know, it's the funny the funny video program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, um, was was Jeremy still alive when you took over? Or was yeah, yeah. So yeah, did yeah, you get yeah. to meet him? Did you give the advice and whatnot? He was amazing. He, yeah. he was he was so beautifully gracious. Yeah, we went for dinner. I'll never forget it. We went to the yeah the Reform Restaurant in Manchester one afternoon with Nigel Hall, the exec producer, who then went on to uh, Nigel's a really good friend. He's gone on to work with Simon Cowell, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's massive in Hollywood. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we um, we met we met together, and he was he was so lovely and really really supportive. And you know, he said it's a tough gig and. He said, you know, he wanted to me to to kind of fly with it, and and he one thing he did say was make it your own. You know, don't do anything like you know. And that's where that came. Don't do anything silly unless you're being framed. It was like don't do anything silly, just do it on your own. You know, so that's where that all came from. Yeah. Oh, amazing! That mm. must have. I mean, those were pretty big shoes to fill as well. So you you oh, must God. have felt you must have felt the pressure. Of course I did, and I was. Because you got to remember, I was a kid. I was, I was, I was a novice. I was thrown into the deepest, deepest end of the swimming pool, you know, for something that I, I'd never done before. I'd never, I'd never hosted, never mind, you know, primetime TV. When you watch the likes of Anton Depp now who do it with their eyes closed and, you know, it, it's really, it's really hard to hold your own show. And, and most days we're recording three, sometimes four episodes a day with a live audience who all want to talk to you. It's not just like go out there and then they watch the show for real, yeah. you know, and, 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 and you've got to keep your energy all the time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I wrap up, um, I want to, I want to know about him. I love him. Well, I I loved Emmerdale, right? When I was when I was a wee boy in my house, my mum loves her soaps and yeah. you know Emmerdale Emmerdale Farm. Emmerdale Farm back then, yeah. yeah, yeah. From from back then. Um and the one thing I love about the soaps nowadays and any days is the fact that, you know, if everything happens in that small little <laughs> thing. In particular, in particular, on Christmas Day, right? Let's just say, on Christmas Day, you know, either somebody's going to die, or somebody's getting married, or somebody's getting born. You know, it's always yeah, one, yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Um, Fifty years this year. Is there yes. anything that you can tell me? Yes, I can. So, uh, Janine, our press officer, has given me um, what I'm allowed to tell you. So, um, you are going to get blown away, literally. Oh, okay. Um. It's going to be enormous. There's one thing um, that's going to happen that can only happen in Emmerdale because of where we are and the set. That's one right. thing I can't tell you. And I can also tell you that Aaron's coming back. Yes. So Danny Miller is coming back just for a short stint, um, which is really exciting because I love him to death. And what's going to happen is throughout the weaving of stories, um, Mandy, Aaron and Paddy, are going to be really together to okay. look after people, okay? And what's going to happen? Um, but it's going to be very much, yeah, Paddy, Aaron, and Mandy, the three of us together. I keep saying like the famous five, but three, um, <laughs> yeah, together. Um, and of course, we've got Faith's breast cancer story, and it has been spoken about. It will come to an end. Um, I'm losing Sally, you know, she's just one of the most amazing actors in our show. And seeing her recently without giving too much away, um, we filmed a lot of her end of life palliative care and we're working very closely with people, you know, who've who've had palliative care through Uh breast cancer. So we are going to get it right and it's going to really hit home and it's going to hit home to people like me because I've had that myself. Um, But I did a scene with her the other day in the Woolpack, um, which will be coming on soon. And um, she she just blew me away. And I turned to Eden, who plays Belle, my niece in the show. And I went, wow, that's just what happened to my mum. You know, and there's an actor to perform that. So you've got a lot of emotion that's going to come from there. Yeah, the, the 50th is going to be unbelievable. We get our scripts normally 
um, about it's normally about 27 days before we shoot that that episode we get him in a bundle and what I can tell you Chris is um, as they're here I can show you now there's there's all the 50th there it all is there see all there all in there and I can't tell you anything um, but what I will tell you is that there's lots of tears there's lots of tears and when a script can make you not cry out loud just mm -hmm. tears drop onto the page you know the writers have done the right thing yeah. um and um, Adam Sales is is one of one of the most incredible writers on the show, and they, they've given him sort of my story that I'm heavily, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, Adam Sales has just done the most incredible job. I, I message him the, the second I finish reading it, so I, I think I think the viewers are just going to be yeah, they're going to be blown away. I want to say a huge thank you once again to Lisa Riley for joining us on the Peer Project podcast. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for even just going to the effort of chatting to me. It's been it's been amazing. What a fantastic chat. Uh, remember, if you want to get in contact, you can find uh, me all over social media. You can look for Duke Writes Books. You can look for Jukebox Media. Um, and you can look for the peer project. You can find us all over there if you want to tell us anything, if you want to ask anything, um, if you want to volunteer to come on the podcast, then feel free to do it. As always, all of our links to support what we do um, are in the description of this podcast. So I look forward to seeing you very, very soon with my next guest on the Peer Project podcast. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.